You're listening to a sermon from Centerpoint Bathgate, available here each week. We hope you enjoy this talk and join us for more, either online or in person at Simpson Primary School Bathgate, any Sunday morning at half past ten. Well, good morning, church. Good to see you. Glad that you are along with us. We are going to have an amazing time tonight uh, and hope everyone can make it out for half six. It's going to be a great opportunity of looking back at where we've been and looking forward to where we are going. Um, and it's, it's going to be remarkable. I'm, I'm so excited. But God has something for us to engage in His Word to, today. And just a, this is, I wouldn't even call this a sermon. This is more just a thought, a reflection, or an encouragement. Something that the Lord has, has laid on my heart from His Word and what we were praying about when we were praying the Lord's Prayer a bit earlier. Our text this morning is in Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read the first part of this, pray, and then we will unpack pack this just a bit. This is what we read in Matthew chapter 6 verse 25. Jesus said this, therefore I tell you do not be anxious about your life. Therefore I tell you do not be anxious about your life. Let's go to God in prayer. Father we thank you for your word. We thank you for the teaching of Jesus. And as we come to your word now, we humble ourselves before you and pray that you would come by your Holy Spirit and open our hearts and our minds to understand your word. And Lord, come and not only to understand, but that we might obey your word. Lord, this is something that we all need. And I pray that you would help us with this, O God, today. In Jesus' name, amen. This word anxiety is something that has impacted almost every human I know. Just about everybody I've ever been in a conversation with has had anxiety at some point in their life. Now Jesus gives us an incredibly challenging statement when he says, do not be anxious. Now the way that I interact with the Bible, the way I interact with Jesus is that when Jesus says something like that, he actually expects us to obey. In other words, when Jesus says, do not be anxious, it's because he doesn't want us to be anxious, not just morally because something's wrong when we're anxious, but also for our own benefit. And both of those things are true. Morally, the, the issue that's wrong when we're anxious is that it means fundamentally we're not trusting God. But also when we're anxious, anxiety is not your friend. Anxiety eats away at us in, in dangerous ways and, and does things in our heart and in our minds and even in our bodies. People can be consumed by anxiety. Now this word anxiety simply is an emotional response to uncertainty. That's what anxiety is. It is a feeling of worry about the future or about situations that you don't know this is how it's going to play out. Now the difficulty that we have in life is that there is uncertainty everywhere. There's uncertainty about tomorrow. Now you might think you know what's going to happen. If you're like me, you, you've got a booked diary. There's all through the day, it's already every hour is accounted for, but that's just a plan. We actually don't know what's going to happen. 
You look at your career, you look at your, your, your university, you look at your work, you look at your family, you look at your marriage relationship, you look at your finances, you look at all these different areas, and many of these areas are marked by uncertainty. Anxiety is an emotional response of worry about these different pockets of uncertainty. Now, if you ever find yourself anxious, there are two things happening simultaneously. Number one, in that area, you are not trusting God. Number two, it is having a negative impact in your own heart. If you think back to a moment where you've been anxious before, it's not a fun place to live. It dominates our hearts. It distracts us from other important things. Now, I speak this out of some kind of life experience in that my grandmother was a professional worrier. And she could make coffee nervous. It doesn't matter what, what life situation or what was going on, she would create something to worry about. If it was hot, it might be cold. If it was raining, it might be sunny. If it was Wednesday, who knows what's going to happen on Thursday. If it's time to go shopping, maybe the shop will be closed or they'll be out of the thing that I want. I mean, it, it was, and if, if there was nothing for her to worry about, then she'd worry about the fact that she wasn't worrying. And she was a professional worrier. So I grew up around this woman, I, Grandma. I know you're not with us anymore, but I love you. She's a precious woman, and yet she, just being around her, you could get nervous. You're like, maybe I should be worrying too. I, she just had that effect on you. And so we've all been there. We've all been in a moment in life that you look at and you think, ah, this uncertainty, it creates this emotional response. Now, Jesus cuts through all of that. And if you look at this superficially, our tendency is to say, that's impossible. That, that thing that Jesus just said right there, impossible. I'm going to go find some other verse in the Bible to obey. No, I want to encourage you this morning. You need to embrace what Jesus says right here. So we're going to look at what Jesus says, and then we're going to look at the means, two means, two steps that we can use to get to where Jesus wants us to be. So we're in Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus says in verse 25, do not be anxious about your life, about what you'll eat, about what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now, the good thing about this is it means that Jesus is dialed in to what life is about. He understands. You need to eat. You need to put clothes on. You need to provide for your family. He's aware of all that. By talking about this, he's acknowledging. He's, he's not, in a sense, living in some la-la land out there. He understands the details of our lives. But he says life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Then he says look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you of not more value than they? Now, I know that we live in an age where animal protection and animal rights are a good thing, and we don't want to do cruel things to animals, and that's good, but Jesus is crystal clear. We love the birds, and we love dogs. I've had a dog. I love my dog. 
He was deranged, but I loved him anyway. I'm not going to talk about Jack. He's not with us anymore, and that wouldn't be kind. Jesus affirms that, but says, you are more valuable. Yeah, we love the birds and the dogs, but you're more. Why? Because you're created in the image of God. They were not. There is something utterly unique and beautiful about being human. What Jesus is saying here is that you are more valuable to your heavenly Father. The foundation of this entire anti-anxiety project is understanding the goodness of God and that our Father actually values you. Now, when you wake up in the morning, you may not feel valuable. Jesus is teaching us you don't have to worry because to your heavenly Father, you're valuable. And he goes on, and which of you, by being anxious, can add one single hour to his span of life? Now, this is a fascinating thing. You, you can Google this, but there is research. There are substantial pounds and dollars being spent on longevity projects. There are some, I'm tempted to add the word quack, but I won't. There are some scientists out there who are exploring the idea, what would it take to live to 150 and 180 years old? And so there's a lot of energy going on to, to try to extend life. What Jesus is saying is that even if that's possible, you're not going to be able to do it by worrying. Worrying and anxiety are not going to help you live longer. And he goes on, so why are you anxious about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor they spin. And yet even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not more clothe you, O ye of little faith? You know, it's interesting, as I reflect over history, where this has been true in many epochs of, of, of history, that fashion is a thing. Humans like putting on the wrist. We, we, we like dressing up. And I know not, not everybody here is a reader of Vogue, and I know it's, it's not, but, but it's a dominant thing in the society that we live in. And Jesus is basically saying it's a false pursuit because you can put on the nicest get-up on the outside and still on the inside be dominated by anxiety. God takes care of his children. Therefore, Jesus says, do not be anxious what we will eat or what we will drink or what we will wear. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And again, we come back to what we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Father, give us this day our daily bread. Why does God want us to ask for something he knows that we need? Well, it's so that we can learn this art of trusting him. I mean, think about the week you have coming up. Think about the Monday through Friday. Is this week structured in any way so that you actually have to trust God? Or is it already booked and planned and you can hit the autopilot button and you don't even need God to live this week? The Father is inviting us to trust him. 
This is what makes it different between when he says the Gentiles, those are outside the, the community of faith, those who aren't walking with God. They seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need these anyway. And then Jesus gives us the first PowerPoint to living an anxiety-free life. He says, he starts this passage by saying, do not be anxious. And then at the very end, he teaches us how. In between is all of this explication that life is more than food, life is more than clothing. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. He's going to take care of you. But then he gives us the action. Here's the step that we need to take to live an anxiety-free life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This is utterly simple. This is utterly difficult. Seek first the kingdom of God. Make the kingdom of God your number one ultimate absolute priority, seeking it, pursuing it, running after it, inhabiting it, living in it, obeying it, fulfilling it, advancing it, your life marked and dominated by the kingdom of God and his righteousness, dreaming that in your character you will be like your heavenly father. If your life, your pursuits, your actions, your affections are running after the kingdom of God and his righteousness, there is no room for anxiety in your life. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, it's like a little seed, like a mustard seed. You plant it in the garden and eventually it fills the whole heart, the, 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 whole, the whole garden. When your heart is filled with the pursuit of God's kingdom, there's no more room for anxiety. What that means is, if you find a pocket of anxiety in your life, that's an area where you need the kingdom of God. You need to, God to show up. You need to prioritize God in that area. So, the command from Jesus, live an anxiety-free life. Sounds hard, but he helps us and gives us a practical point. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, the result of that, all these things, all these things that you need will be added to you. God is not anti-things. God is anti-your heart-loving things. God is not anti-provision. God is anti-you-loving provision more than him. Seek first the kingdom, and all these other things will be added. Now, the second action point comes from Philippians. Again, Paul using similar language to Jesus regarding anxiety. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul says this to the church in Philippi, do not be anxious about anything. Now that sounds familiar because Paul is simply repeating the teaching of Jesus. Again, think about your life and th think about the, the standard. Do not be anxious about anything. Wow. Now how is that even possible? He says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. So what he's trying to teach us is that when you identify an anxiety moment in your life, when you identify this emotional reaction to uncertainty, there's an area of your life and you don't know what's going to happen and that uncertainty causes you to feel worry. Paul is saying this, that's an area to go to God in prayer. Rather than praying, our tendency is to worry. 
and we, some of us love worry so much, we, we, it's like we, we create like a, a nice little home for worry. It's like you bring the, the dog home from the kennel. You got this little place for your dog. Well, we, 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 do, we do that with worry, and we, we feed it, and we take care of it, and we nurture it, and worry gets bigger. No, rather than giving place to worry, that's exactly the thing, that rather than worry, take it to the Lord in prayer with thanksgiving. So let your request be made known. And he's saying the Lord likes specificity in your praying. Not just, as Christians, you know, we, we are so noncommittal sometimes. We, we, rather than asking for something specific, we say, well, Lord, even though we know deep down what we really want, we just say, Lord, whatever you will is, let your will be done. Amen. That's not what this says. This says, let your request be made known to God. Whatever this thing is that's floating around in your heart, this is the thing that I would really like. Present it to God. Now, the beautiful thing about this is this. All of this comes with a promise. Listen to this promise in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. First of all, the peace, the shalom of God, this comprehensive sense of well-being. Number one, it will guard your, it, it surpasses all understanding, meaning that it's so profound, this peace, it goes beyond understanding. It goes beyond rationality. You are able, in other words, you are able to walk in a level of peace that does not make sense based on the circumstances in your life. In other words, the peace that's on offer is not, ah, I feel peace because everything's okay. The peace that's on offer is I feel and sense and walk in peace even though all of this uncertainty is still there. It's not rational peace. It's peace rooted in the presence of God. It surpasses understanding and it guards your hearts and your minds. This peace acts like a barrier surrounding your life to keep anxiety away. Now, what's the root of that? The root of that is what Paul told us to do. Go to the Lord in prayer, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. So the invitation to God, from God to us this morning, is to live anxiety-free lives. You know, a very practical application of this is as a church, we are looking at a moment of uncertainty regarding this land over here. It's up for sale through a blind bid process, which means we can't control it. We can't negotiate our way into this. We have to step out in faith and make a bid and trust God for the results. Sounds kind of like a biblical thing to do. Trust God for the results. I'd love to be able to have more control, but we can't. And so you know what? It's uncertain. We don't know what's going to happen. But you know what? We're not living anxious about that. And as you look at your life, there are many different areas where there's uncertainty, and it might make rational sense to actually, yeah, have anxiety about that. But the Lord's inviting us to know. Rather than being anxious, trust God. Rather than being anxious, take it to the Lord in prayer and let the peace of God fill your heart. So I want us to go to God in prayer now. And as we pray, not just generically, but specifically, 
I want you to think about the biggest area of uncertainty that you face, the biggest question mark that is in your life right now, and I want you to take that to God in prayer. And I want you to be specific, and I want you to let your request be made known to God and open your heart to God to receive from Him the peace that goes beyond understanding that will guard your heart and your mind. So let's go to God in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Father, we thank you for this challenging command from Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything. Lord, just in hearing that, we confess that this is often difficult for us to obey. Lord, we confess that we allow a variety of anxieties to fill our hearts and our minds. The way that we think and the way that we feel is often a response, an emotional response of worry based on the uncertainties that we look at. Father, you lead us into areas of uncertainty so that we can learn this art of trusting you. This thing of following Jesus is not that you have already uh, communicated to us exactly all the details. We have to trust you because the future is uncertain. And so, Father, I pray that a spirit of faith would fill our hearts and our minds, O oh God. Lord, we, we understand that you take care of us. We understand that you're a good father. We understand that you provide us with food and you provide us with clothes and you give us everything necessary for life, O oh God. And yet... Our hearts are so easily beset by anxiety. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would come and break into our lives. First of all, that we would do what Jesus said, that we would seek first your kingdom. Lord, if there are any other competing love interests in our hearts, Lord, if, if there are any alternative pursuits or things that we're seeking or values, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would reorientate us as kingdom people. Come, living God, and refresh us in the beauty and the power and the glory of seeking first your kingdom, your righteousness, your holiness, your purpose, your mission, your church, your people. Make us kingdom people, O oh God, we pray, in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray also that rather than worrying, that we would go to you in prayer, that when we see pockets of anxiety, Lord, that we would use those as springboards to pray, that rather than making a home for that anxiety, Lord, I pray that we would learn to see that as an invitation to pray, to let our requests be made known to you. And so, Father, I pray for everyone here. Lord, I know some people here are looking at some big uncertainties, some, some big question marks, some big areas as they look at the future. They just don't know what's going to happen. There's something that they're clinging to in their heart that they want to happen, but the gap between that and what they know is, is this uncertainty, God, and I pray in Jesus' name. I pray that you'd come and be with them, pray that you would sustain them, that you would hold them, that you would comfort them, that you would keep them, oh God. Lord, you're a good God, 
and you care for us. Thank you that you are for us. Thank you that you meet our needs. Thank you that we can trust you. We invite you, God, by your Holy Spirit to empower us to live anxiety-free lives for your glory. We ask this, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen.